It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to the Epstein Chronicles. Well, after three days of juror deliberations, we still do not have a verdict, folks. And we won't have a verdict before Christmas. The jury and the court stated today that the jurors will begin their Christmas break starting today and they will not be utilizing Thursday, tomorrow, as another deliberation day. Instead, They will go home for the Christmas break, the holidays, and come back on December 27th to pick things back up and try and come to a verdict. Now, I would think that the longer it goes on, the happier about things the defense would have to be, right? It would mean that the jurors are, you know, trying to figure some things out in that that juror's room, trying to... Maybe convince one juror or two jurors of uh, her innocence or her guilt, whatever it may be. But the longer it goes, you would think that something like that is going on in the courtroom. I mean, in the in the jury room. Now, again, that's speculation on my part. Maybe they're just being very, very deliberate. Maybe they are going through everything in a clinical fashion and they want to make sure that they missed nothing. And that's quite possible, too. I know that if I was a juror, on any case, never mind something like this, I'd want to make sure that we were being very thorough, that we weren't missing anything. Because not only are we talking about justice being served, we're talking about somebody going to prison for the rest of their lives, pretty much. So you have to be thorough if you're a juror and you're in charge of something like this. So I could see them being clinical about it, being surgical about it, And that's why it's taking a little extra time. But you could also say that the longer it goes, the better it is for the defense, at least from the peanut gallery perspective over here. So with no verdict again today, that's what we have to look forward to for the next uh, few days. I guess it'll give you folks some time to catch up on some more context episodes. So that's a, a bonus, right? But Here we are, waiting and waiting and waiting some more. It seems like everything that has to do with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell takes decades to come to fruition. And it's no different in this case. You know, you would think that the jurors would want to get this uh, hammered out before the holiday, but again... There's a lot of information for them to process, and who knows what's going on in that juror's room. But that's where it stands as of now. 
No verdict, folks. And, uh, well, I guess one good thing is Glenn Maxwell won't be out of jail on Christmas, so that's a good thing. All right, let's jump into an article from the Daily Mail, and let's see what they have to say about the juror deliberations and the recess. Headline, Glenn Maxwell will spend Christmas Day, her 60th birthday, locked behind bars in hellhole prison cell as jury breaks for the holiday without reaching a verdict in the sex trafficking case. Now, honestly, I'm kind of torn by all of it, really. Like, is this the time to really be taking a holiday? And the whole scheduling of this trial has been absurd from the jump. After the delay in July, July was the perfect time. There is nothing to get in the way. They could have hammered it all out. The weather would have been perfect. There would have been no uh, uh, COVID surges. None of that nonsense. But with the way it all breaks down and the fact that there's going to be another pause in the case here after we've had a three-day recess already, just seems a bit weird to me. You would think they'd want to get it all hammered out prior to the uh, holiday. But... I don't know, maybe there should be some sort of like stipulation when there's a, uh, a case like this, a trial like this, that, you know, you have to use all of those days. You can't, you know, have uh, the Thursday off. I mean, what is this? Should probably, probably be in there to, uh, uh, tomorrow hammering things out, at least, you know, in my opinion anyway. Plenty of time to go home and eat some uh, holiday meal with the, with the family, but... This is kind of a uh, an important deal, right? Again, I'm not too sure like what the processes are when it comes to courts and holidays and stuff like that. I'm just speaking in general terms. Well, you know, the the one extra day probably would have went a long way to getting to the verdict. And even before that, the three recess days we took previously, those I I, I didn't understand taking those either. Glenn Maxwell will spend Christmas and her 60th birthday in limbo and in prison after a jury failed to reach a verdict in her sex trafficking case. The jury deliberated for their third day and sent one note requesting three transcripts but did not come to a decision. Maxwell appeared relaxed and was laughing with her lawyers and gave each a hug before being taken away to prison. First of all, not to prison. She went back to lockup. So that's not prison. Second of all, man, it must be rough being treated like uh, Hannibal Lecter or uh, uh, Nelson Mandela the way she said she's being treated, considering she's here hugging up on her lawyers, having a grand old time. If she was really being treated that bad, she wouldn't have any contact with her lawyers even at the trial. And again, that whole entire line that she was pitching for that whole entire time was such garbage. And her newfound crusade to fix the justice system is just as much garbage. She wouldn't have cared one bit about the conditions in lockups, jails, prisons, any of the rest, if she didn't have to stay there for one second. It was never anywhere near her mind. She had all the money, all the power, all the influence in the world. She could have talked to people and tried to get things fixed in these prisons and in these jails before she ended up in one. But yeah, she's being treated so terribly. The court will break for the rest of the week and will, con- will come back on Monday. Despite not being, not being found guilty of any of the alleged crimes, 
Maxwell will spend Christmas Day, which is also her 60th birthday, behind bars at the Metropolitan Detention Center, well, what she describes as a hellhole where she's been held since her arrest in July of 2020. Oh, well, how dare she be held in custody still? That's all part of it, right? Her trial isn't over. She was being held without bail. What, she gets the day off for Christmas? Maybe every, you know what, dad, what the hell? Open up the prisons. Everybody gets the day off for Christmas. Everybody goes home. What does that even mean? Of course she's going to spend the day in jail, in limbo. She's not in limbo. She's waiting for the verdict. It's pretty, you know, a pretty simple process. How that, This is how this works here. If she's found innocent, then she'll be going home. If not, well, the hellhole, it's going to get a whole lot worse. Maxwell has maintained her innocence, and her lawyers have bashed her accusers as having false memory and being motivated by money. In legal filings earlier this year, Hannibal, uh, Hannibal, Maxwell claimed her treatment in prison is so bad, it would be fit for Hannibal Lecter. I'm going to upload a context episode later on about that as well. Just a ridiculous statement. I mean, to try and compare yourself to Hannibal Lecter, is just so crazy and ridiculous that there's almost not enough words to explain it. And you would think that her lawyers would be able to come up with a better real-life comparison, right? If she's being treated so badly, so poorly, how about you give us a real-life comparison of somebody who she's being treated like so we can go and look that person up as well. Instead, you give us some nonsense about Hannibal Lecter, huh? Well, Bobby Sternum, love the suit. At one point, Maxwell barricaded herself in the video conference room in prison with a cart of legal documents, prosecutors claimed, and was deemed a security threat by blocking the door and preventing guards from accessing the room. We talked about that previously as well. Uh, it was an issue where she had the cart in front of the door and the guards couldn't get in to uh, access her, to, uh, to watch her. And th that when that happened, I said to myself, why would, wouldn't there be a guard on the inside of that room and on the outside of that room? Why do you only have the one guard there? Once again, the Department of Justice is an absolute dumpster fire. And if any single organization or three-letter uh, uh, bureau bureaucracy in this country needs to be fixed from the bottom up, it's the Department of Justice. Judge Allison Nathan told the jury to be safe over the Christmas break due to the, Om the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. She said she wanted them back healthy on Monday when everyone attending the court in New York will have to wear an N95 or K9, a KN95 mask to enter the building. So they're going all in, huh? They're like, look, you're coming in, but you're going to have to look like Dustin Hoffman's character from the movie Outbreak when you show up. Because we're not messing around with no Omicron virus in this piece. So they got they got them all kitted out now with the K95s and the whole flip. I guess the bandana doesn't work no more. No more cloth masks, no surgical masks. We're going all in on the N95s. Near the end of the day, the jury asked for another copy of the transcript of the accuser Jane's testimony. They also asked for the testimony of Kate 
another accuser and Epstein's former Palm Beach house manager, Juan Alessi. So they're asking for that so they can go over it again and try and corroborate some of the information that was given in the testimony of the survivors. So they'll go through it and they'll make sure they didn't miss anything, you know, the whole nine. And that's what's going on with these transcripts. They're, they're needing a little bit more for reference purposes or to come to a decision. They feel like they need more material, so they ask the judge to provide transcripts or whatever other evidence they think they might need. Given the option to deliberate on Thursday, the jury said no, because they had made plans, they said in a note. Um... I mean, I get it, right? Again, I get it. And I don't want to be too critical of the jury for being human and making plans. But if you knew you were going to be on this jury, you should have probably had all of your plans besides, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day locked out. Because you know that it's a possibility that you might get caught up and have to, you know, go to court or whatever it may be. So I think that the court should have been more upfront about that and more... um more uh, heavy-handed with it by telling the jurors, hey, look, you can't, you know, if we have to go all the way up till the very end of the the break here, right up until Thursday, I mean, uh, Friday, then that's what we have to do. But I guess that wasn't what the, uh, the, the guidelines that were set forth, that wasn't what they were, so they're going in this, th- this route. The jury of six men and six women have now deliberated for 16 hours and 20 minutes. Maxwell, 59, denies six counts of recruiting and transporting underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein. On Tuesday, the second day of deliberation, the jurors appeared to be zeroing in on two accusers. They deliberated for the whole day Tuesday and sent four notes to the judge, including one which related to Annie Farmer. They wanted to know if they could use her testimony for two counts of conspiracy to entice and transport an underage girl to engage in sex acts. And the judge said that they could. Now remember, this is about the transportation facet of it. Not so much the actual sexual assault part. Because New Mexico, age of consent, all of the reasons that we have stated earlier, right? That is why they're focusing on the transportation Uh, aspect of this. But then I say to myself, why isn't the Mann Act enacted? Why aren't they charged with the Mann Act? And again, I'm left with more questions than I am with answers. And that's just been the typical of this whole entire ordeal, unfortunately. Judge Nathan said she would tell them that they could. Earlier, the jury asked to see the notes of an FBI interview that Carolyn gave in 2007 the first time she spoke to law enforcement about being abused by Epstein. Judge Nathan said that it had, no, it had not been entered into evidence, so they could not see it. However, the jury could refer to its mention in Carolyn's cross-examination by the defense. So, it wasn't entered into evidence, so they could not see it, meaning they couldn't have the physical document that they were looking for, the 302s, because you can't use 302s as actual evidence. So all they could use was the referrals that uh, made mention of it during the testimony. At 10.10 a.m., after just over an hour of deliberating on Tuesday, the jury sent their first note. Judge Allison Nathan said the jury were asking for the transcripts of testimony from Jane, Annie, and Carolyn, but did not mention Kate. Kate is the only... 
is the only accuser whose claims should not be considered crimes as charged in the indictment. Prosecutor Maureen Comey said that both sides needed to agree to some redactions before giving the transcripts over. Defense lawyer Bobby Sternum agreed. The jury were not brought out and Judge Nathan said she would give them the transcripts in the deliberation room. So a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, right? They're trying to jockey still both sides to try and have, you know, the best chance to come out victorious here. And when they're talking about these conversations about redactions and stuff, obviously not good for us when it comes to transparency, but what they're trying to do is figure out what should be in there and what shouldn't be in there uh, according to their own narrative, meaning both sides. And then it'll be up to the judge to figure it all out when, when all said and done. Maxwell walked into court wearing a black turtleneck sweatshirt and black pants while holding a green folder. She hugged her lawyers and waved at a young woman in the public gallery. Maxwell's defense delivered closing arguments Monday afternoon, telling the jury that she is an innocent woman, wrongfully accused of crime she did not commit. Yeah, I, you know, what? everybody says the same thing, right? Maxwell's such a great person. She didn't commit any crimes. Maxwell would never do anything like this. This is so out of character for her. Said nobody ever. In her closing remarks, Maxwell's lawyer, uh, Maxwell's lawyer, Laura Menninger, said, the government has failed to prove any charge beyond a reasonable doubt, and the only correct verdict in this case is not guilty on each count. The defense again attempted to discredit the accounts of the four accusers, as Menninger stated, the evidence has established what we told you it would, that the stories relied on by the government are erroneous memories, manipulation, and money. But in this case, the order is reversed. The money brought the accusers to the FBI, where their personal injury lawyers sat right there. That is such a ridiculous and false statement that I don't even know how she can make that in court. To call Bradley Edwards a personal injury lawyer is it's beyond the pale. But I don't expect anything more from Menninger. She has shown herself to be straight up vile in this whole entire ordeal. And definitely somebody who is just shake your head disgusting in my opinion. As for how Maxwell was portrayed, Menninger said that she had been made to look like Cruella DeVille and the Devil Wears Prada all wrapped up into one. Such a portrait was as old as Hollywood, Menninger said. Yeah, you mean like your whole, whole entire defense of going after the credibility of the accusers? You want to talk about being old? That's to the, as old as it gets. They've been using that strategy forever, since the biblical days. And she wants to talk about using an old strategy. Boy, oh boy. Menninger said the lawyers manipulated their stories and the government accepted their stories without ever corroborating them. Menninger said that suddenly the accusers recovered memories uh, years later. And that's just so ridiculous. How many of those memories were repressed? How many of those girls didn't want to come forward because they feared Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, and the rest of these scumbags? When you walk into a room and there's a picture with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and all these world leaders littering the walls and you're some poor girl from Palm Beach, of course it's going to be a bit intimidating. She said the recovered memories that Ghislaine was involved, that Ghislaine was there, that Ghislaine was the culprit. 
Menninger said that the prosecution spent a lot of time talking about Epstein's lifestyle, about his wealth and his property and his private planes, just like a sensationalist tabloid would. Menninger said that Epstein was a master manipulator who abused his money and his power. She said, we are not here to defend Jeffrey Epstein. He is not my client. But she added, Ghislaine Maxwell is not Jeffrey Epstein. No, she's not. That's pretty factual statement. But she's just as bad, in my opinion anyway. Anyone who could sit at, your, at his right hand while he's doing all of this, while these girls are being brought in, and then not only that, but to take part in it all, to manage it all, to facilitate it all, there is a special place in hell, if hell exists, for somebody like Maxwell, in my opinion. Menninger claimed that when Epstein died, the prosecution pivoted to going after Maxwell. The idea was that Ghislaine was there, she must have known. Menninger criticized prosecutors for showing the jury dozens of photos out of 38,000 seized from Epstein's New York home in 2019. She said, where are the other 31,960 photos? Who was in those photos? Was it other girlfriends, other women? Nor should the jury draw on inference from Epstein keeping photos of Maxwell. Menninger asked the jury that if an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend had photos of them, would that make them a sex offender? And that's just ridiculous. All right. So the 31,960 photos, I agree. Let's see them. How many of them had Maxwell uh, involved bringing the girls there or uh, whatever uh, other sick scenario you might want to come up with? How about we go back a step further? How about we see the stuff from Palm Beach, Glane Maxwell? You know, the stuff that Indyke took out on the hard drives, the stuff that's protected under the non-prosecution agreement. How about we see all of that stuff? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And because you have pictures that makes you a sex offender, what kind of statement is that even? doesn't even make any sense. No, it's just absolute ridiculousness. Nor should the jury draw any in... Oh, excuse me, we passed there. Menninger condemned the use of such images as straight-up sensationalism. Um, Well, if they tell a story and they piece things together, how is it sensationalism? Also... If those other photos don't have anything to do with the the current situation, why would they show them anyway? I mean, if you're talking about complete transparency, Menninger, then I think we're all for it. We want everything. So everything you wanted redacted, let's get that unredacted. Let's get a full viewing for everybody to see, since you're so worried about transparency all of a sudden. Turning to the accusers' memories, Menninger said that they inserted Ghislaine Maxwell into their narrative after they lawyered up. Menninger said, you don't need a lawyer to talk to the FBI. <laughs> uh, you don't? Spoken like somebody who is from a affluent life, somebody who is uh, from a-, a background where they've uh, never had to deal with law enforcement. Here's a little bit of unsolicited advice for all of you out there. Never speak to law enforcement without a lawyer. 
the FBI, anybody. I don't care if you're a witness or anything else. Menninger said that it fell to the defense to ask the tough questions of the accusers and cross-examination had shown the truth was manipulated and changed over time for the purpose of the victims getting a payday. But that doesn't make sense because the payday was already gotten. They already had their payday through the compensation fund. Nobody can sue Maxwell if they got money from the compensation fund. So what does she even mean by any of this? Wouldn't have there been more lucrative routes to take, like maybe making a movie, selling your rights to a book, something like that? Instead, you bring your whole life in public view so you can get dragged by scumbags and people who have, uh, uh, you know, nothing better to do with their time? I think that there would have been a better way to a payday for these girls, no? Menninger went through inconsistencies in the statements by Jane and Carolyn and said that they had suffered from post-event suggestion as their false memory expert Elizabeth Loftus had described it, adding new and false information after the event. According to Menninger, the prosecution had broken promises to produce numerous House staff, family members, and other witnesses to back up the claims. The idea put forward by prosecutors, Maxwell became a facilitator of sexual abuse for Epstein to, to maintain her wealthy lifestyle, was wrong. Well, I agree with that. I don't ever, that, was, that was never the motivation in my opinion. This was a tandem working hand in hand to compile information on rich and wealthy people so they can manipulate them so that they can increase their power whatever it may be, wealth, information, their foothold within the upper crust. See, the way you and I look at our bank accounts and, you know, we look at money and we're like, all right, this is our, our you know, uh, uh, judgment on what we can do, right? We can go here, we can go there, we have money to buy food. For them, it, it's not money. It's about information. They, they have information the way we have money. And that it's more powerful, right? If you have compromise on one of these people, then they'll do whatever you want them to do. And that's what Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell were masters of. Compiling compromise. Menninger said that Maxwell at the time was a beautiful woman in her 30s who was just starting out on her career. Epstein was manipulating everyone around him and dating women behind her back. Menninger said that maybe it was Jeffrey who needed Ghislaine and her connections, rather than her needing him for his money. Turning to each accuser, Menninger said that Jane was like an actress who forgot her lines. Jane is an actress on a soap opera. A real nice, real pleasant thing to say. Very pleasant thing to say. And to tell you the truth, you can make that assertion. Just like I'll make the assertion that your client, Ghislaine Maxwell, is an absolutely reprehensible piece of human excrement. And all the money in the world, all the power in the world, all the influence in the world should never get somebody off the hook for doing what she is being accused of doing. And hopefully when these jurors get back from their Christmas holiday, they get back from opening their presents and, you know, eating some food, hanging with their families, whatever it's going to be. Well, maybe they'll give Ghislaine Maxwell a nice late Christmas present. And that Christmas present will be coal in her stocking. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. As the third day wraps up, no verdict yet. And we slide off into another recess as we await the fate of Maxwell. 
As for me, well, nothing's going to change. I'll be here morning, be here night, and we'll continue to pump out the context episodes as they come along. All right, everybody, I hope you all had a great day, and I will be back later on. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at bobbycapucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-P-U-C-C-I at protonmail.com. That You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. All of the links that we discussed can be found in the description box.